This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Bitter Units. It's a beer podcast. If you're listening, you probably know that. And we're back. <laughs> this episode, we do not have a guest. We are going to berate you with our opinions on what summer beers are and what our beers of the summer are going to be and things of that nature. Tim and JT, how the hell are you? Uh, hanging in there, man. Uh, it's been uh, kind of a hell of the last 10 to 14 days at work. So uh, looking forward to just drinking some beers with you guys and, and kind of forgetting that other things in the, in the universe uh, exist that cause me stress and just hanging with you two guys that cause me stress. Yeah, that also cause you stress. <laughs> Mission accomplished. That's right. Uh, Mork has been very much the opposite for us since I work in the construction industry. It's been rainy and shitty because apparently it's fall in May in Iowa for some fucking reason. So uh, when we're busy, we're incredibly busy. When we're dead, it's just like watching paint dry. And I lose my mind either way. But uh, work is what it is. It's always changing. Life isn't too bad right now, so I can't complain. Uh, definitely ready for spring to actually get sprung or spring so I can go to some baseball games and do some patio drinking with friends and, you know, just relax outside and all that fun stuff that comes with spring and summer. Right on. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you guys are farther along than I am up here. Um, we have had exactly two days above 70 degrees so far this year. Is that um, normal or what? what it's is a little normal? slow. It's a little okay. behind schedule. So, um, we're, we're a little behind. It should, should be warmer than this. Uh, matter of fact, I think the high temperature for tomorrow is supposed to be 58. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, but that's uh, okay. I'm going to an Everclear and Tonic concert anyways. Nice. <laughs> I saw them on the Des Moines Bridge a couple years ago. They they freaking owned it. Wait, tonic Everclear, is so underrated. Everclear or Tonic? Everclear. Okay. I've never seen Tonic. I've always wanted to because they have two great songs. They've got uh, If You Can Only See, and they've also got uh, Open Up Your Eyes, which... Is a great song and even better music video. Tonic played uh, Visha when Aaron and I were at Iowa State. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. They played Visha along with it wasn't the Flaming Lips. It was the Flaming Lips experiment. And then uh, one of those techno bands like Crystal Method or something. I think it was Crystal. I think it was Crystal Method. Tonic oh, and the Flaming Lips experiment. That, that sounds right. Yeah. Hey, what are we, what are the drunk white kids like? This okay? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's we couldn't get prodigy, so. Yeah. so so my neighbor actually asked me if I wanted to go to this, and I originally said why. Um, and then I guess his wife and the neighbor behind us wife talked to my wife, and now I'm going. <laughs> I um, so. Yeah. No. Um. In in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's like uh, Gin Blossoms and Toad the Wet Sprocket are playing 
in town, and I uh, I think that's a better better I, one than I'm going to. I was gonna say I I kind of want to go see uh, Gin Blossoms and Toad the Wet Sprocket, even though uh, I I never entirely liked them at the time. Um, they're one of those bands I think I would like more now. Right, or yeah. both of them are, frankly. Yeah, no, and once once I found out that it was local here in downtown Everett, um, you know, I was more on board with going because I wasn't, I surely wasn't going to weed through downtown Seattle to go see them. So, uh, so it's a it's a local, you know, event thing in downtown, and I like to support those types of things. There's so. there's a small brewery up in northern Minnesota that this weekend. Uh, when I say small brewery, I I'm certain they're under three thousand barrels. Uh, they're hosting uh, like their concert series for the summer. Three Eleven is playing their concert series nice. tomorrow. Jesus. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm like, oh shit, should I go up for Three Eleven? Like, like that's a that's a huge get for a tiny brewery. How the hell did they pull that off? And I kind of want to. And so, like, friend of the podcast, Derek, my boss, uh, is a huge Three Eleven fan. So I can't believe he's not going to it. Um, uh. But our sales guy Harry is is going uh, to the three eleven concert at this small brewery in in northern Minnesota. I'm like, I, I like I almost like I'm gonna like I enjoyed three eleven back in the late nineties. I'm not gonna say like I've kept up with their catalog or anything like that. But there's part of me that just feels like I should do it just because they're playing a tiny brewery. And it, like, when do you ever see a band that big play a place that small? Well, when they're not that big anymore. No, 311 <laughs> still has a pretty huge following. I've got some buddies from high school that are so obsessed with 311. So, but still, that's one of the things. It's more the experience and the band is worth it. I would think. Yeah, I was gonna say you have you have buddies from high school that are still obsessed with high school. That doesn't make uh, yeah. that a big deal either. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think 311 still got a fairly big cult following. So. Yeah, yeah. well, they could come original. It would be fine. <laughs> Boo. I was never. Bad. Uh, Anyway, so all of this talk of summer festivals and, and everything else is a good lead into what we're actually going to talk about beer wise this week. Um, and that is our beers of summer or in general, even some summer beers, because I'm sure we won't just talk about the beers that we're drinking um, tonight, which we have a few three uh, for sure. So um, we're going to go ahead and get started with the first one. Um, and this is JT's pick. I don't know if it's his official beer of summer, um, because here's what we found out. Finding summer release beers that all of us can get, <laughs> not as easy as we thought it was when we came up with this idea. Um, <laughs> so we kind of went with just a, more of a summer beers for the picks and, and ones that we really like, and they may or may not be our official 2022 beer of summer. Um, so, you know, understand that just because we're drinking this one, it may not be our official beer of summer, but we'll get to that by the end of this podcast too. We'll come to some kind of a consensus on that. Um, so JT, tell us what you have selected. I did the Stiegel Rattler. Um, when I think of summer, I think of sitting on a patio or at a bar with a nice patio and sitting there and relaxing, maybe watching golf or baseball or something on TV or at a buddy's house and just. Yeah, trains, definitely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or just relaxing. And you don't all, I love IPAs, but when it's hot out, I don't want an IPA because it's going to hit even harder than it normally does. So I want something sessionable. And 
once again, sometimes the session IPAs get to be too much. So I started drinking a Rattler at this place because, ironically enough, the summer IPA they had on tap was out. And apparently I was the only one that ever drank it. So they didn't buy it anymore. So I had to get something else. I'm like, let me try the Rattler. And it was, I didn't realize how low ABV it was, but I just liked the flavor. It was easy sipping, drinking. Um, I get crap from my buddies because if we ever go to Wisconsin, something like that, I'll, for summer, I'll get like Bud Light Lime and Bud Light Orange just because I don't care for Bud Light, but you put a little bit of flavor and I enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, no, this is just Seagull Rattler. It's one, I just, it's good, easy, light drinking, something, I know you hate this word, but it's crushable. So for me, summer is all about being crushable, relaxing, and not getting drunk after three beers. Okay, so let's weed through this a little bit. And Tim, you tell me if I'm right or wrong, because we've talked about this before, and let's see if my memory serves a little bit. Yep. A Bud Light Lime, or whatever, would absolutely not be a Rattler. Correct. By definition. Correct. It can only be a Rattler if it is a German beer, or uh, more specifically a Kolsch. Uh, it doesn't have to be a, a, a Kolsch uh, necessarily, but... Okay. Uh, the idea behind well, hold on, like what, let me keep what a rattler is. Let me let me keep going. Okay. So that part I'm not exactly right about, but the, it came about because when they were getting low on beer, in order to be able to continue to provide beer to said drunks and drinkers, they cut it with lime lemonade in order to extend the volume of beer that they had to serve. That's kind of where a Rattler came from. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, they are uh, like a Bavarian drink. Uh, typically they're not necessarily mixed with lemonade per se, more, more like a lemon lime soda. Uh, okay. Right. Um, uh, but the idea is that they were, and I don't remember off the top of my head exactly what the translation is, but rather, like, I think, like, translate to, like, cyclist, or, like, cyclist beer, or cyclist leader, or something like that. So the idea was that they wanted to take these beers that you know for people that were riding around the german countryside on their bicycles and needed something lighter easier to drink and then yes also you know if if they needed to cut things and that's that's how they did uh a, a radler um uh boy if dave berg is listening to this he's gonna rip me apart but like in general <laughs> uh, um, well he's more than welcome to come on the podcast and rip you apart that's true. that's true. He has been invited. Uh, he keeps on coming up with excuses so that he can't find a microphone. Um, but no, uh, the idea is that it's 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 a it's a beer for cyclists, and so Rattlers in general are kind of cut with with you know a, a lemon lime type of drink or a citrus drink, usually a citrus soda. Uh, so you get a really low ABV. You get something bright and refreshing. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, it also does help kind of just spread the, the, the wealth around, so, so to speak. So this would have been a safer choice for me to, to drink while riding Ragbri in college, as opposed to 
straight vodka from a water bottle. <laughs> um, I think that goes without saying. I, I'm not. I'm not here to judge. Um, I mean, I still, I'm still here, so I guess it worked <laughs> out okay. But I'm pretty sure that was a requirement of Ragvi. I've never been on Ragvi, but I'm pretty sure it is to be as drunk as possible while on a bike. Well, it depends on what Ragvi experience you're looking for. Okay. Um, Ragvi, for those that don't know, great registers annual great bicycle ride across to Iowa. Correct. Uh, so. Uh, Iowa thing, but a big. If you're into cycling, you probably know what it is. But it's all about riding your bike over the course of, I believe, it is five days across the state of Iowa. Um, so, anyways, all right. I poured mine. Um, JT, we'll we'll let you start. It's your beer. Okay, it's uh, you definitely it definitely has a lemonade look to it. Almost if you remember back in the day, Ecto Cooler. If you were kids, <laughs> that reminds me of that a little bit, but uh, it's not completely transparent. You can, I mean, there's a little bit of haziness to it, but you can still see through it. Um, almost a little foggy, if I could say correctly. It's a greenish yellow with maybe a little bit of orange on the outside as far as the coloring goes. But if you looked at it, it certainly looks refreshing. Uh, but yeah, you could definitely tell that this has some sort of lemonade in it or some quantity of something close to lemonade in it yeah i mean that's pretty accurate i would say one thing that really distinguishes this or differentiates this from because you could pour this and let it sit and it almost looks like a hazy you know ipa or a wheat Mm -hmm. beer perhaps um and that general kind of tone and color a little bit lighter than that but the real big difference that i noticed is while i got a lot of foam when i poured it it did not stick around no, there's no head it dissipated. It doesn't. I don't know if it's because there's just not as much proteins in it to to create better structure or what that deal would be. And I'm sure Tim will have an answer for that here in a second. <laughs> um, but it definitely doesn't maintain its head the way a straight beer does. Yeah, I you know I I I honestly can't tell you off the top of my head what kind of the base beer for Stiegel Radler is. Um, but it is like fifty percent, uh, like a a lemon lime soda. Uh, and you know, you think about soda and how it doesn't uh, have head retention because it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have the proteins. This beer might be a protein rich beer, but it doesn't necessarily have, uh, you know, enough to keep up with the the natural CO two egress of a soda. Um. Uh, but you know the fact that it is as 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 hazy as it is does leave me to believe it probably is a a, a vice beer of some sort, um, I, as well as as the flavors that go along. I mean, you certainly get a lot of citrus in a lot of of wheat beers, as uh, anyway. But uh, um, yeah, I wish I had a better answer as to why it doesn't fully have the head retention other than that that residual sugar uh and that and that uh that soda cuts down on the the overall protein and God and the fact that it's all gas and like a soda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Oh, and this one is extra and red, you know, I said German Waller and you said Bavaria, so you've got it actually covered, but this is Austrian. Yes, correct. So 
for those who might be wondering. And it just says it's a malt beverage with natural flavor. Yeah. So, um, all right. JT, does your nose work? Yes. It smells like lemon. Shocking, I know. Maybe a little bit of spice note to it, but yeah, maybe a little funky, a uh, little dank. But yeah, I can definitely get a little, little bit of aroma out of this one for the first time in a long time. I just get big citrus, you know, just a big citrus aroma is all I get out of it. But I mean, that's basically what we should expect. I mean, it's right? half, <laughs> it's half a lemon uh drink so yeah i mean it, it literally smells like a like a like a lemon soda to me more than anything yeah. else uh i'll go here taste mouth feel and finish because i got thirsty and i just took a drink um so i definitely get that a bit of tartness like a, a lemon would give you um it is a nice light and crisp uh drink dissipates quickly in the mouth it doesn't leave a huge sweetness or anything like that behind um so from a say it crushability standpoint don't don't do it don't do it i'm giving this one to him because it's jt's beer i would (laughs) i would agree that you could drink a lot of these not get full you know very quickly um and not get hammered very quickly you know you know this would be oh, this would be a great golf beer, yes. you know, something light while you're out there in the ninety plus swinging a club around. You know, that would be a good place for this. It does, like you said it earlier, it does kind of have a soda esque flavor to it. Um, I definitely agree with you in the tart. I get the only really sensation I get on my tongue is a little fizziness and like a little bit of that soda flavor you get from the carbonation and all that. I feel more in my cheeks, the tartness in my cheeks, even after I get done drinking it. <clears throat> I feel it doesn't linger like some beers we've done, but it definitely lingers for a minute or a couple of seconds. And then, yeah, but it's refreshing. So I, I don't mind it at all. Yeah, I mean, so it definitely has some effervescence like a soda, right? And it does. You didn't say it had like a, a lingering sweetness, but it's definitely uh, sweeter than what you get out of most beers. It certainly has... Uh, uh, that soda sweetness to it. Um, but it's not like you like sometimes on a really hot summer day, like you get done mowing the lawn. If someone handed you a Sprite, you'd almost have a hard time finishing that because it's too sweet. Yeah. And, and a beer like this, uh, a Radler is more refreshing than it is necessarily. And so sometimes when you want something refreshing, you know, you don't want to go to something bitter, right? Or malty necessarily. It's going to feel heavy. So it's got the lightness, um, but it still has enough of a of a, a sweetness to to kind of help balance out the saltiness you're getting out of your own sweat, right? Yeah. Um, and so it is definitely a a lawnmower type of beer. And and, and again, so so the the legend. I, I don't know if the legend is true, but this you know, Bavarian beer garden owner was wanting to cut things out and then also treat his, his patrons that were riding bicycles. And I think this goes back to like the mid 19th century or whatever. I don't think the style is, is necessarily 500 year, years old or anything like that, but um, 
it is something that is meant to be refreshing and something you can drink a lot of, but then also make the pub owner a lot of money because it's only half beer. Yeah, right. So um, I introduced my wife to Rattlers here a couple months ago with uh, Gaffle, uh, yes. their Rattler, um, which I bought some today when I was out at the liquor store because she liked it and she drinks it. So um, she has enjoyed these um, despite her not being a big beer person. It's a nice way to intro into beer or give them something light and refreshing if they're not a beer drinker besides going to my uh summer hard liquor drink of a vodka and tonic <laughs> so um you know uh really good choice jt um i like this beer uh, quite a bit uh it's pretty good and uh, i can't fault you for this other things <laughs> oh no, that list is plenty long. Trust me. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's yeah. It's when we got to this, I was trying to think of things that I drink in summer. It's just one I don't. I don't drink a ton the rest of the year, but summer, it's just it's just refreshing. I should have said earlier when it's summer and it's spring and I'm outside. I want something refreshing. I want to relax. I don't want to get hammered right away. Like that's what winter's for. That's what hockey's for. So. Yeah. Okay. That's what winter's <laughs> for. Getting shit faced. <laughs> How do yeah, you not like cold? You get drunk. This this definitely has the feel of I've been out on the lake on a kayak, or yep. I've been riding the trails on my bike, or I have been fishing uh, on a pontoon, or fishing. Yeah. yeah, or just you know mowing my lawn, or just sitting on the patio. It, like it has kind of all those vibes. So when you talk about beers of the summer, I think uh, Stiegel Rather kind of uh, encompasses a lot of those things. Absolutely. Yeah, right on. Um, so I guess we'll circle back to whether this is your official beer of summer, JT. We'll get to that at the end. Um, but... Uh, but again, a good choice. Um, we're not going to break this up into three different parts here, obviously, because we have three different beers. So I just want to remind everybody um, to check out the Tailgate Society, the tailgatesociety.com for all the writing, um, Tailgate Society feed for podcasts. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, also, Revelton Distilling. Clay Street, Osceola, Iowa. 1400 West Clay Street. <laughs> 1400. Osceola. I was thinking 1410. Clay, 1400 I got the Clay Street, Street part this time, though. You, uh, if, if, you, if you exit uh, 35 South, uh, well, or North, I guess, it's on, the, it's on the, the east side of 35. You cannot miss it unless you're me, and then you drive past it and have to do a U-turn and you go back in. But uh, absolutely great tasting room please go check out rob and christy taylor's amazing space is that on the main drag or is that by the casino it's on the opposite side of 35 from the casino so it's as you head right into downtown gotcha okay so before we get into the next one because i know we've probably all got some of this to finish yet because it comes as a 16 ounce can correct um plans this summer guys anybody doing anything super exciting you got JT, okay. It's your beer, JT. Go ahead. Tell us what you're going uh, to be doing this summer. Oh, your message. I put this in. Uh, my soccer team, who 
I had more fun watching a team not get relegated than I did watching a team win a championship. But Everton's actually, they did it last year where, where a bunch of EPL teams would come over here and play a couple games here in America. And they're actually playing in the Twin Cities. And there's a Twitter guy I follow online. He's like, you need to get a ticket right now. And the ticket was a whopping $29. So my favorite soccer team that's on the other side of the globe is going to be four hours away. And I got a ticket for 29 bucks. I got an Airbnb. I always have, I have a way of trying to figure out as close as Airbnb. I had an Airbnb about a mile away for like 140 bucks a night or something like that. That's like a 4.99 rating out of like 600 people visiting there. So yeah, it's going to be fun. So, and that's, that's an easy trip. And I'm debating. I really wanted to go see a favorite band of mine that's playing in Omaha here. Uh, the middle of next month, but is it three eleven? It is not. <laughs> it's a group that I had never heard of before, but one of my favorite bands opened for them is a group called Failure, which had one really good album in the nineties that they're kind of a band's band. Uh, but they're gonna be playing a show at the waiting room in Omaha, which is one of my favorite venues. It's Did... a tiny little dump of a place, but the acoustics are incredible. You're gonna say I'm sorry, Tim. No, I was going to say, you said the band's name is Failure? Failure, yep. And, an and, and you're not familiar with them? Because I kind of feel like... <laughs> you're familiar with Failure. Oh, well, yeah, maybe maybe it's, maybe it's telling me something. But no, their album, their album Fantastic Planet, is just... I've been listening on repeat since I saw them. And, but other than that, no, that's a big thing I want to do. Uh, other than that, I'm just going to... I'm doing a bowling league right now. I post about this a lot. And the guys I'm bowling with are really freaking good. And like my one of our guys is actually a coach. So he's like, I've been bowling since I was four. He says, I was bowling the 70s. He's like, I am going to help you get better. And it's been so much better than when I started. So, so yeah, every Tuesday night, I'm still bowling. And uh, it's kind of funny. The team we beat last week was here for beer. Uh, and then what's the team we face next week? I think it's here for booze. So, so yeah, it's fun. And there's obviously no beer drinking involved with bowling. Oh, yeah. None. None at all. No, but anyway. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to take two minutes, grab the next beer. Um, let's do mine next. It seems to make sense coinciding in order here a little bit. Um, this is a, the... a very good teleology, frankly. Yeah. So the what? Yeah. Need that in Captain Dummy Shot. <laughs> English? What? It follows a logical throughput of which beer follows the next. And there's a reason for it. And I'll describe that all as we get to the last one. And, and you said, and what was the word again? Teleology. I didn't think that was that big of a word. I'm sorry. Te- teleology? Yeah. Teleology. teleology. No, te- te- teleology. Not TVology. We're not talking about Can you use that television. in a sentence? Can I get the country of origin? Uh, well, I literally just used it in a sentence. So uh, I'm sorry if you can't figure that out. Um, you can just use your memory to think back to like five seconds ago. I just want uh, you to remember that's, that's that, not Tim, a good bet right there. that I went to college to be a PE teacher. <laughs> just keep that in mind when I say, huh, when it comes to the English language. I, I, I used to wonder if my high school PE teacher was uh, uh, 
um, a little slow. So I, I get that. Head a lot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, I think he had CTE, and I don't think he ever played football a day in his life. So. <laughs> All right. So, so with that, I guess what we're saying is we will be back uh, in after a couple of minutes. Nothing. This podcast of the Tailgate Society is sponsored by Rivelton Distilling Company. When Rob and Christy Taylor started following the Kentucky Bourbon Trail in 2012, they fell in love with not only bourbon, but the entire distilling process. So they opened Revelton Distillery, where they offer a family of products including vodka, gin, whiskey, and Revelton Shine. Come visit the tasting room at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or pick some up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway grocery store. And we're back. Everybody's here. We've all got beer. Uh, and this is my pick for summer beer that we're going to talk about. Uh, going back, 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 back to the olden days. Because uh, this beer has been around for a long time now. Um, was a beer that, at a brewery that uh, I definitely drank in college. So they've been been around a while. This is a Leinenkugel's Summer Shandy. Uh, so, Tim, I'm going to rely on you because I do not know specifically the differences between a Shandy and a Rattler, but I know that they are kissing cousins, very similar. Yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of liken uh, Shandies to Rattlers like I do Stouts to Porters, right? And if you recall back before in the podcast when we've talked about what's the difference between a stout and a porter, and I said uh, at this point all it really comes down to is what name the brewer puts on the label. Um, you know, traditionally, like I said, Radler, like I said, it's like a Bavarian thing. It means German. It's German for like bicyclist and and that whole story there. And they're typically uh, fruit soda or citrus soda. Shandies are more of a um, uh, a British thing, but that's not entirely true. And they're more generally just lemonade rather than necessarily citrus soda, but that's not entirely true either. Um, and so the difference between a Rattler and a Shandy at this point is pretty nebulous. At this point, both a Rattler and a Shandy are a... Beer, typically a blonde beer or uh, a light lager or a Kolsch or, in this case, a summer shandy, a vice beer. Uh, so a wheat beer that is mixed with a citrus sweet drink of some sort, right? And so summer shandy, I don't know, man, I couldn't tell you the difference between uh, honey vice. You talk about beers you used to drink a lot in college. You know, um, when you're uh, at Iowa State, Aaron, then Domino's had the, the three medium pizzas for nine bucks. So you and two other guys on the floor could each get a, a medium pizza and, and throw in four bucks and you got a pizza and, and tip covered. And then I would always drink it with honey vice because I always thought that was the perfect pizza beer. Um, it's a good pizza beer. It's a great pizza beer, right? And, and I don't I don't know appreciably what the difference between honey vice and the base beer for summer shandy what i do know is that this does have lemonade added to it um 
And again, uh, the difference. Well, you see, they put Shandy on the label. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So if we get into the tasting, visually, they look almost identical. Right. Um, I will say that the head on this was a little bit more robust. Um, it stuck around a little bit longer. It was more beer foam looking than uh, soda foam looking, if that makes sense, um, in the construction of the bubbles and everything. But very shortly disappeared. Um, it's still, you know, basically nothing left now, but it does seem to seem to cling a little bit more around the edges than than the Rattler did. It's also a little bit more turbid than the Stiegel Rattler is. I, 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 not like... Not a lot, but yeah, maybe a little. Right? I, yeah. I do think, I think uh, there is just a little bit more protein haze. The, the aroma um, is more beer. I get more of a beer aroma out of it. It's definitely still citrus. It's definitely still very similar, but this is not as bright to me of an aroma of that citrus. Um, more beer, less citrus, but still very citrus. What do you think, JT? My glass just got knocked over, so I got to go grab another one. <laughs> okay, well, we'll just keep talking about it. And then tell so, you okay, back. so I'll be right back here in a second. I can edit it out. Did, or... did your cat get it? Uh, that's fantastic. That's funny. Well, I, I'll go ahead and give my opinion. Oh, sure. Uh, right? Go ahead. I mean, uh, not that your opinion matters or anything. Uh, I like. I would agree the aroma. the The thing where you know, when I say I don't know how appreciably different this beer is than 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 Honey Vices, this smells like Honey Vices typically served with a lemon, right? And so. Mm. I get that like wheat beer with fresh squeezed lemon type of smell to this. The aroma very much reminds me of drinking a honey vice with two lemon wedges at the VFW. Um, which I'm not at all sad about because it, you know, uh, right. again, it's something that smells refreshing. Right. And and I want to make sure and shout this out. The line and Kugels, when, when I was in college and we talked about Ragbri, was a sponsor of our Ragbri team for a couple of years. Um, so if you were ever around and saw a big red Cyclone bus with a line and Kugel sticker across the side of it, uh, there's a good chance I was on it. And we were riding Ragbri or whatever. Um, so I have a long and, and fond history with Line and Kugels in general. So there will be no Line and Kugel slander in uh, this podcast or anywhere else, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, if you've never been to uh, Chippewa Falls, you've never been to the brewery, done the tour, hang, hung out in the tasting room, uh, I think it is absolutely worth the trip. Um, uh, it's 
just a fun place. It's an interesting tour because it's it's grounds. I wouldn't even call it a brewery. I would call it like brewery grounds. Like you, you have to walk outside for some of the tour, and it's very, uh, I think, very interesting. And then, yeah, for people that are that may even think they're familiar with landing Googles, I don't think you necessarily understand every. Uh, the amount of of different styles they make, and it's it's a lot of fun at the tasting room to just hang out for for uh, a beer or twelve. Right. Okay. JT's back, yep. and uh, has a glass that he hasn't knocked over. So, what do you think, JT? <laughs> uh, I definitely got more aroma out of this one than I did the last one. It's definitely a lot hazier than the Rattler was. Definitely has a more beer look to it. Definitely. There was a little bit of aroma to the rather, and there was a lot of aroma with this. This kind of hits you in the mouth a little bit more, and the nose a little bit more, punches you in the nose. But yeah, but no, it looks refreshing. It smells good. Ready to give it a taste here, fellas. We'll do it, and then tell us about it. Smoother than the rather, I would say. A um, little bit more flavor, a little bit more on the tongue. Definitely don't get the sweetness on the cheeks that I did with the rattler. Um, that is effervescent tastes more like beer and less like soda so yeah this is definitely something once again during summer and spring i wouldn't mind sitting drinking on a boat on a patio on a golf course all that i mean yeah this this is a good refreshing beer i think this is a little more tart hmm. than uh yeah. than than the steagle was i get less i feel like this is less sweet more tart um than the Steagle was. See, I think I think that. it's both less sweet and less tart. Hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing because I, I do like yeah. tart things. I, um, yeah, I, I just don't. And it's definitely more beer. So, so many people think of, of sweet and tart as opposite ends of a spectrum. And I'm not sure that for my palate, I consider it the same thing. Uh just because there's probably also a lot more bitterness that plays through on this because of that beer quality. And, and maybe that's what I'm getting when why I, it seems more tart is because it is more beer. It's definitely yep. more beer right? flavor and more beer. Even the, the, the mouthfeel and the, the tingling on my tongue and stuff is definitely the effervescence of it is more beer than the other, than the Rattler was. Yeah. Um, it is definitely more akin to, a beer than a full-on beer than the Rattler. Yeah, like like I I would probably guess the titratable acidity of the the Rattler is is probably lower, like a, just an overall lower pH. Um, but that perceptual... you want me to go get my test kit out? Yeah, if and... you could, that would be great. I would <laughs> okay. love I would love to know that that that's my guess. Uh, but I get what you're saying because there's definitely, and I don't I don't. I don't say this in a bad way, but there's probably a little bit more astringency to this beer. Um, that probably lends to to uh, a, a perceptual tartness, right? So astringency and polyphenolic flavors can have a little bit of a, a puckering type of of feel to them. Um, that I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's part of what's at play here. And that makes sense because it definitely is the little bit of a bitterness on the back end and stuff that you don't get out of the other one. So that would, you know, that all makes sense. And it's definitely more beer like, even from the foam, you know, I swirl it around in my glass, the foam comes back and 
you know, it's definitely a different textured look and, you know, so, um, and I don't even think we said it. The Rattler we said was, I think beforehand was 3.6 alcohol. And this is 4.2. Is that right? 4.2, Yeah, 4.2. I'm pretty sure this is 4.2. Yeah. Yeah. 4.2. So this is a little bit more, more alcohol content, uh, than the Rattler does, um, I wouldn't call that a huge difference, but it is a difference. Uh, both 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 of these can be sold in grocery stores in Minnesota because they're technically three two beers. What is the limit in Minnesota? How is this technically? How is the okay? Explain that to me. How is the shandy technically a three two beer? So a three two beer, uh, the three two laws are alcohol by weight, not alcohol by volume. So when you say three two by weight, you're looking at about four to four point one percent alcohol by volume. Uh, but then also the TTB does allow a point three allowance on either side. So when you say uh, four point one volume, they can go all the way up to four point four or all the way down to three point eight. So uh, I I think even though this would technically be four point two within the guidelines by weight it's probably within the three two so even if they don't label it as such if you could find this on a grocery store shelf which i'm pretty sure you can they might not label it um but they're probably just taking the same batch i i, I know other breweries in the past uh the difference between their 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 liquor store uh production and their grocery store production was just the bottle cap to put on the beer well yes but to some extent the just right. to be able to get it on more shelves yeah 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 you know legal so. reasons as well yeah for sure yeah stupid minnesota yeah we're one of the last uh states in the union that does a three two beer for whatever reason yeah but but you just tim made some changes in minnesota we did. We made some great changes loss. that I'm really excited about. Uh, tell can, the people about those. So we can finally in this state, um, and all of us breweries are navigating it as we go, trying to figure out how the municipalities are keeping up with the change in state law. But up until uh, last week, we could not sell a six-pack direct-to-consumer out of the brewery. We what? could sell you a 64-ounce growler. We could sell you a... 750 milliliter crowler, which is different than every other state that does 32 ounce. In case uh, you're not familiar with the metric system, a 750 milliliter uh, actually works out to be 25.94 ounces. So we had to buy a unique size of crowler or got, a 750 milliliter bottle. Ship, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, and so those are the only two uh, sizes that we could sell you to go direct to consumer out of our brewery. Uh, but uh, what has recently passed was a liquor omnibus bill, omnibus bill that allowed, first of all, it's allowing some of the larger breweries, because there used to be a cap if you produced over $20,000, 20,000 20, 20, 20, 20, barrels. Jeez, I'm a mess. Uh, 20,000 barrels, uh, you couldn't sell anything to go to a consumer. And now breweries that are larger than 20,000 barrels a year can actually go ahead and sell direct to consumer. And a smaller breweries can actually sell you a six pack or a four pack to go. Uh, there's still a cap at 128 ounces per consumer per day. So 
uh, we're still trying to figure out how to navigate that because I don't know if you've done the math on how many cans are in 128 ounces, but it's not. It doesn't work out to perfect math. Um, but uh, it does allow us to finally sell you a six pack to take out the door, uh, which is a very, very big deal for a lot of the small breweries that are having to find a different package size just to be able to sell it to you rather than just sell directly to consumers that they were already selling to a liquor store. So it is exact math if you have 16 ounce cans. Yes, correct. If you have 16 ounce cans, uh, two, two four packs of 16 ounce cans works out perfectly. Uh, yeah. A lot of breweries that are selling six packs of 12 ounce cans, though, that's where the math gets kind of goofy. So I don't know how they landed on 128 ounces other than they just want to say you can't sell more than a gallon to a consumer per day. Well, that's four crowlers now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Well, no, I mean, that's not four of our crowlers. That's four of, of everyone else's crowlers. That, that's not four of Minnesota crowlers, which is also, again, a, a goofy thing. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, we're 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 making progress, and it's a big step forward for the state to finally realize they can do what everyone else has already done. But, and the well, yeah, sure that works in Iowa, but it doesn't work here. Uh, mentality is just goofy. But still, no forty ounce bottles of Miller High Life at the grocery store or anything. There's still no forty ounces of of things like that at the grocery store or at the gas station. Uh, that's, How am that's I supposed limited. to play Edward Forty Hands <laughs> in Minnesota? Uh, um, drive to Wisconsin, <laughs> like everybody else does. God, <laughs> I can figure it out. Figure it out. I know. I, my, hey, my, my friends and I all of our twenty first uh, birthdays are, are the tradition was to go. Uh, to come and go uh, right there on Welch and, and pick up a 40 of Nitrain or Colt 45 or some other fine uh, malt beverage of your choosing uh, and purchase that from Bert, the, the, the fine uh, <laughs> a man behind the counter at come and go on Welch. But uh, uh, yeah, you don't get to do that here yet, but we're, we're, we're taking baby steps. So do you guys have the supplies ready to go to do that out the door? Is that something you had to wait for legislation to pass before you could do? Or how did that work from the brewery standpoint as far as supply and demand goes? Well, I mean, it, we're already selling in, in six packs. We're already selling to distro. We're already selling to okay. liquor stores. So really that's, basically that's not all they the have problem. to do is install a cooler. Yeah, okay. there's. There's 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 no one who wasn't in six packs that is applauding this bill going, oh, finally, I get to add a packaging size. If, okay. if, if you weren't in six pack, you're already selling in Crowlers, you're going to continue to sell in Crowlers. You're not going to add complexity to your business. What this does is for breweries like us that are already distributing to liquor stores, it decreases the complexity. I don't have to, to fill 272 Crowlers a week. Uh, to meet that demand, I can just take from my existing stock that I'm already canning for distribution. So it's right yeah, so it's not about okay. it's not about uh, trying to to ramp up any infrastructure. It's actually uh, decreasing complexity. But it it's going to give those smaller, in my opinion, just based off of common sense, it's going to give those smaller people an opportunity to sell more beer oh yeah because, absolutely. because when somebody comes in one time 
and drinks a no trace for the first time, you know, because they're there for a party or whatever, right? They're more likely to be able to take a six pack or a four pack home with them. Correct. Because, oh, this was really good. I'm going to take some home with me. And then maybe that will lead them to looking for it in the store as opposed to buying something they haven't had at the store just at a whim. Absolutely. And and that's where, where the, the argument uh, for the longest time against allowing us to do this is that it's going to take away from uh, liquor store sales, right? But our opinion has always been, no, this will actually probably enhance liquor store sales. Yeah, I can see that. You go to the brewery, you try it, then you, when you're at the liquor store next time you buy. Yeah. Off the shelf, yeah. Right. You know, so I would agree. Um, so... This was my beer. I, I have enjoyed it. It's good. Uh, my wife's a big fan. When I told her I bought Line and Kugel's Summer Shandy, she was excited about that because uh, she has also had this beer in the past. Um, and speaking of summer, the things that I'm going to do this summer is, one, probably cry a lot. <laughs> um, my daughter is 12, uh, turning into a real person, and I don't like it <laughs> um like she comes home from school now we're still in school up here she's got almost another month left still um because they don't start until after Labor say, Day. My, my daughter still has two weeks left so yeah we yeah. start later we don't okay you know, but well, I guess um, it is. Uh, okay but you know she's she's just you know a little person and it's terrifying as a father of an only daughter um, in that, you know, she's becoming this independent person. On the other side, some days she still likes to run up to her to me with her squish mallow and jump on me, which is great. <laughs> um, and then there are other days where she is like, you're a fucking asshole and I don't want to talk to you. Um, That's when you take the squish mallow. So uh, partially to teach her a lesson and partially because they are really fun to snuggle. They that. are super soft. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm going to be doing a lot of that this summer um, as she goes into between sixth and seventh grade, you know. Um, and then uh, also my wife and I are going to do uh, a little modified Kentucky bourbon trail trip. Uh, we're going to spend a couple of days in Louisville and uh, we're going to do the Evan Williams experience there. They've got a speakeasy bar in the Evan Williams experience that we're, we're going to do. Um, and then there's some sort of sanatorium that she's making me go to in Louisville <laughs> um, and some kind of ghost tour in Louisville that Sweet. I got to go to. You're going to go to a, a, a psych institution for a vacation I, I mean i belong in one probably but this one is like not well, occupied anymore um except so two, for both of you will still be coming back is what you're saying one except of you for won't apparently be the ghosts okay. um <laughs> and uh then we're gonna go down the road to i think it's bartonville is that right sounds right to uh heaven hill distillery and we're doing our own uh, make your own bottle uh, deal there because it'll be fun. You know, I'm going to get tourist trapped, but that's, I'm okay with it. Um, in part because 
Heaven Hill makes Evan Williams. And Evan Williams is mine and my father's favorite whiskey. Uh, their single barrel vintage is probably our favorite because one, it's pretty cheap uh, compared to a lot of whiskeys. And two, it's really good for, especially for the price. So I'll probably make him a bottle and give it to him as a gift. Um, so uh, then we're going to do Woodford uh, over by Lexington. Uh, but then there's, I can't remember exactly what it's called. It's either the Red River Gorge, which doesn't, doesn't seem right because it's the Red Rivers in Texas and yeah. Louisiana and whatnot. No, Red, Red River Gorge is in Kentucky. Yeah, okay. So it's called the Red River Gorge, but we're going to do a underground kayaking tour. And apparently it's an old limestone mine that's flooded out underground. Uh-huh, yep. Um, and we're going to have see-through kayaks, see glass-bottom kayaks that have little glow lights on them um, to do this in the dark and whatnot. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. And then we're going to hit Buffalo Trace before we head up to Cincinnati for a night and fly home. Uh, so... You know, that should be fun. I'm sure we'll hit some other, you know, distilleries as we have spare time, you know. But uh, those are the four that we're for sure going to get to. And, uh, you know, we've, we've signed up for <laughs> tours or whatever already, with the exception of Buffalo Trace, because they haven't, they won't let you sign up this far in advance. We got to wait till I think, the 6th or something of june before they open up july because we're going to go in july so um but yeah that's what we're going to do this summer um so in between bouts of feeling bad about getting old and my daughter growing up i'm gonna get drunk <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm excited to, to hear about red river gorge uh more than anything it that's actually an area that i've wanted to go backpacking in uh, I am a I am a big backpacker, and I've heard a lot of great things and watched a lot of like YouTube videos of people backpacking in the Red River Gorge. So, um, you know, I've never been to Kentucky, but uh, from what I understand, like what I understand and what I've seen on video, it's actually really beautiful. So I think you'll have a good time. Yeah, no, I I think so. And I've been to Kentucky before. It's been a long time. I was pretty young then. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really beautiful land in kentucky and tennessee and the eastern as to get over toward the appalachians and stuff and yeah um you know so uh yeah it should be a good time it'll be a, uh, a lot of fun and looking forward to that um we have one beer left we do yeah and it's tim's beer i don't even have it out of the fridge yet um but uh I think it's going to lead in really well. So, Tim, why don't we, you know, kind of, I'm still finishing my shandy here, but why don't you talk a little bit about it and, and explain why these things kind of go in that teleological order or whatever <laughs> word you said a while ago. Teleology. So, so the, the, uh, the thing that I, I love about this is so – we drank a Bavarian Rattler. We drank uh, a Vice beer base for a Shandy. And now we're going to drink a Bavarian Vice beer to round out what we're drinking. And I didn't do this intentionally uh, when I picked this beer, but it worked out perfectly. Because they all fit, like we said, a theme of 
of summer beers or what we want to drink. Um, and so it all kind of fits together. And if you're following along, you're, you're, you have a, a throughput to what we're drinking. Uh, and it ties it all together. But I really like this beer. Um, and, you know, you're, a lot of people are very used to, like, the Polaner Hefeweizen or the Weinsteffen or things like that. I think the Franziskaner uh, Hefeweizen from the Franziskaner Spaten Brewery is maybe less known to people, less familiar. But I think um, I it, it's one of the, the best examples of the style and one that, that is always near and dear to my heart and one that I've recently rediscovered just because I had kind of forgotten how much I used to love it and, and uh, um, have been excited to make sure this is stocked in my fridge and enjoy it for the summer. Yeah, I believe when I looked it up to see if I could get it, um, Total Wine, whatever rating system they put on there, has it as a 92. Yeah, absolutely. So it is a pretty high-rated rated beer. Um, so I'm going to go get it. You guys can talk bad about me while I'm grabbing that, and I'll be right back. <laughs> I've got to grab it, too, so just give me a minute here. But All right, I'll yeah, you guys grab it. Okay. Um, by the way, um, JT can leave this in. I'm also going to shout out Total Wine. I know they're a big box retailer, and generally they suck. Um, but the ability to buy mixed six packs of beers off of the shelf is really handy for the podcasting because I can buy one or two of something rather than an entire six pack. Yeah, the biggest problem I've always had with the mi- the mixed six pack is that's usually the way liquor stores get rid of old beer. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I I absolutely understand that that's probably the case, but right, because 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 usually like. If I have a six pack of beer for sale in a liquor store and it's not selling, I'm gonna sell a lot faster pulling that six pack apart into six individual beers and selling it that way. Yeah, mine's got a date. Oh, so this does have a date on it though, um, and it's a six ten twenty two. Okay. So it's not. It can't be that old. I mean, I'm still within the best by date or whatever you want to yeah i don't know some of these imports usually like to put like six month uh things on there but yes you're at least not drinking it past that because like mine mine has an enjoy by of of july so yeah yeah so it's not too bad yeah but you're probably right though it's oh it's getting close to the date you know let's break this thing up yeah well the nice thing about uh uh a a vice beer typically these unfiltered beers is uh because there is still yeast uh in suspension when packaging is they become oxygen scavengers and so they actually become a little bit more oxidatively stable for sure oh well i can tell that i didn't wash this glass last Because I got all kinds of bubbles sticking to the side of this glass. I'm going to guess my daughter washed this. Because she's the worst at doing dishes. Well, if you've got bubbles sticking to the side of the glass, uh, inside of the beer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily have to do with poor dishwashing as much as it does the dishwashing soap that you have. But it's the same dishwashing soap that I always use. Sure, and but the idea my glass the, is clean. The idea is um 
you know, dishwashing soap works under the the principle that like dissolves like. And uh, so, hey, hey, buddy, you remember what I do for a living? Yeah, and so the idea is that most <laughs> dishwashing soap is petroleum based, right? And so, if you're using that to dissolve petroleum, to dissolve oil, uh, then you're going to have that. And that, and so it's not necessarily poor washing so much as poor rinsing. But even then, sometimes depending on the dish soap, it doesn't matter how much rinsing you do. And, and all of these get hand washed. So, yeah. Well, then she didn't do enough rinsing. Oh, fine. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, it's it doesn't, still the it, wash it, process. It, yeah, it doesn't mean that your 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 glass necessarily. That's the thing I've always had uh, an issue with with uh, this whole idea of beer clean. Is like, I've had a perfectly quote unquote beer clean glass with like a, a lipstick stain on the outside, because yeah, lipstick's a bugger to get off. Well, be, yeah, and so like just because I don't have bubbles clean the side of my glass doesn't necessarily mean my 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 glass is isn't beer clean and just because there's bubbles clean the side of the glass doesn't mean that it's dirty it means that there's just residual detergent and sometimes i'd rather have residual detergent than just an unclean glass because if if you've ever spent any time where you just drink beer after beer after beer after the same glass that one that had a bunch of bubbles on your first beer by your fifth beer is going to have beautiful lacing and that doesn't mean it got cleaner over time it means that detergent got washed away and so if you're drinking out of a beer with beautiful a beer glass with beautiful lacing, it doesn't necessarily mean that's a perfectly clean glass because they could have just never washed it and just served beer after beer after beer and never washing it, and it's going to have good lacing. And so I, I get that principle. They want people to make sure that their, their glass is free of detergent and, it, and it's rinsed well, and it's all of that. But that also means that sometimes uh, – <sighs> It's a very imperfect system and a very imperfect uh, metric for which uh, whether or not you're drinking something clean because I can have great lacing with lipstick or I can have a little bit of bubbles and no lipstick. And and frankly, sometimes people have a hard time tasting detergent anyway. So I don't know. I I, am sorry I brought it up. (laughs) 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 All right, Tim. Tell us more. Uh, yeah, so uh, I went with with Franz's Gunner Heffy uh, 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 Vice Beer. Um, I've mentioned on the podcast before that I'm a fan of of Heffy's. Um, it's a style that was really popular 15 years ago, and then kind of fell off a cliff, and and I never understood why. Um, See Widmer. Yeah. Right. Uh, but you get. You get uh, banana from the isolanol acetates, a lot of interesting fruity esters. You get uh, clove. Um, the the yeast does some really interesting things in vice beer, but also just the the, the proteins in vice beer are really interesting. Uh, I think Franz's Connor probably has a more citrusy note, just naturally, than some other vice beers or some other heffies. Uh, I also think it's slightly hoppier. I think you get more noble hop aroma uh, out of this beer. Um, it, it's just one of those things where, again, uh, I, I like my Polaner, I like my Weinsteffen, but I think uh, Franziskaner uh, just is just enough different to me that that that's why it becomes one of my go-tos for heffies. Um, so, uh, 
I'm excited to to see. I don't know if either of you have ever had this beer before. I'm uh, not sure that I have. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious to get your guys' take. I lost my login for 20 plus years ago, uh, untapped. Oh no! <laughs> my college actually, uh, notebook full of beers I drank. Yeah. I actually had this last night at the Hessen House because I can't get into bottles here. I can get every other Hefe, like Warsteiner and all the other ones, but this one, Spotten, they're just sold out. So Hessen House had it on tap. And after she posed me a beer, she's like, you know, we sell these in growlers, right? I'm like, no, I didn't. So I guess I'll have that for tomorrow's park podcast. But I had last night, I'll save my, what I thought of it for when we actually do the tasting. But yeah, so I've had this and it's probably one I never would have tried had Tim not suggested it. But spoiler alert, I'm glad he did. Okay. Well, I have not tried it yet. Um, I will tell you from an uh what are we supposed to do first? Just go with appearance or aroma. I don't care either one of those. Uh, okay, appearance then, because aroma is probably going to be harder for me. Um, it is golden. Yeah. To to maybe an orangish golden, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah. definitely golden in color. Uh, it is turbid, as should be, as is the style. Um, uh, I had poured this uh, somewhat delicately because I knew that it was bottle conditioned and I didn't want all the junk from the bottom of the bottle uh, in the beer for this. Um, I got a, a slight head of partly because of how I poured it. Um, I'm sure it could have been much more aggressive with the pour, you know, in the head if I'd aggress- poured it a little more aggressively. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it looks like a half i mean it's golden it's turbid it's you know everything it's supposed to be with a nice you know a quarter inch head on it something like that jt uh what he said i mine came from basically since it's in the crowd it's basically from a draft anyway so i don't have a whole lot of head retention in this anyway so mine won't be bottle conditioned i didn't pour this very aggressively either there was some head initially but there's like none retained at all I agree with the way it looks. It does definitely look, you know, orangey, golden in color, and it's definitely the most turbid of the three we've seen so far. But once again, considering this is the most alcohol in it that we've had so far, that doesn't surprise me. Not not significantly more though. Yeah, no, I mean this is five percent, and and certainly turbidity and and alcohol don't really have any correlation. See West Coast IPAs, JP, JT. That's true, but this definitely is the most beer centric of the beers we've had so far. So. I could see why that'd be a little bit less clear if that makes sense. It hasn't been cut with lemons. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's I think that's certainly fair. Yeah. So, uh, aroma, JT, what do you got? Ban- a banana for sure. That was the first thing I definitely smelled. And then when Tim mentioned earlier, I can get a little bit of clove, definitely a little bit of dank, kind of musty smell to it. Like this to me. This sounds like crap, but this smells like a German beer hall. Like, if you were to go to a German beer hall, this is what you would expect to smell. So, I haven't had any German food yet, but I imagine this would go really good with Hessen House's menu, which I'm definitely going to need to try uh, sometime very soon, but yeah. Yeah, no, I could I have some German it. sausage with this pretty pretty easily. And some Bavarian pretzels and some maybe Spetzel. some beer cheese. You know, this, it would just be fantastic. 
So I get that mustiness kind of that, that JT is talking about. Um, yeah. I get an an herbal, herby something, and that's probably the clove, um, which is not something I'm super familiar with as far as that aroma, other than, you know, smelling a clove cigarette back in the day in college. But <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> that, that clove cigarette was probably also mixed with weed and every other kind so, of smoke some, some in the herbal- area. Herbal jazz cigarettes. Yeah. Um, I don't get a ton of banana out of it. I mean, there's some there. Um, but then again, I don't think, but I mean, bananas have a smell. They do, but I don't think it's not what I would call a really strong uh, aroma uh, to me. But yeah, I don't like bananas either. So maybe it- I've just blocked that smell out of my nose. And like I said, this this is something that's not necessarily what people traditionally think of of heffies. Like like there, you get the isoamyl acetate, but it's not like a, the overpowering characteristic of it. Uh, it's it's orangey and turbid, but it's more it's almost more copper than you get out of a lot of other heffies. And uh, there's definitely a lot more noble hop aroma and noble hop flavor, I think, out of this than you get out of other heffies. Let's drink. <laughs> You know, as I put my nose in that glass, in that heavy glass for for this second sip, I get a lot more breadiness, I think, out of this than I I get out of other Hefeweizens as well. Let's let's start here with mouthfeel because I I know how to describe that. It's it's very refreshing and effervescent. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of you know gassing off as it goes across my tongue and carbonation and and all of that um it's really nice in that regard a bit dry which you would expect um from a wheat beer um you know um there is a very upfront uh flavor i don't know if that's the banana bready flavor at the beginning it's like the first thing i get out of it mm-hmm. which i'm not a huge fan of um, but it dissipates pretty quickly and the mouthfeel is really pleasant. Um, and so it's definitely something I would continue to drink, but I, I wouldn't put this in my go-tos, um, per se. Okay. I would I definitely wouldn't turn it down if somebody handed it to me, you know, um, that's a pretty short list of beers, but um like none technically you uh you well i mean like you you tend to like things that are maltier where where this is more ester driven right true you know i'm a i'm definitely a maltier uh guy and i don't and like i said i don't mind this i would definitely drink them but i probably couldn't drink more than one or two you know what i mean um and then i'd be kind of over it sure jt i'm just going to be full on us. I've never been much of a Hefe fan. Uh, just uh-huh. not my style. Uh, this one, I can definitely, I definitely taste it first on my tongue right away. Uh, then a little bit in the cheeks as it goes down. It definitely lingers a little bit. I definitely would say it's dry. Uh, definitely get the banana clove taste there. But it's a beer where I can see people like. And of all the Hefe's I've had, this is the one I could actually drink. I'm just, it's just not my style. But yeah, it, it's different. And it, like, Tim said, or like Tim said, like Aaron said, it's different. It's not something I drink all the time, but once or twice, like 
especially if I was a German beer hall or something like that, I'd definitely drink this and have a good time with it. This is something that, like, I think pairs well with fish, pairs well with cheese. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, a, a sausage, I think, would be really nice. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think if you had something greasy, fatty <laughs> to eat with it, that would be really good. I, I'm trying to think back. It's been a while since I drank it, like a Widmer, right? Um, yeah. It was definitely a more American style. Right. Like, it's yeah. my, I think the flavors in the Widmer are milder. Sure. This yeah. is more of an aggressive uh, flavor uh, profile of all those things. Um, and I don't even think it's that aggressive as far as, as traditional German heffies go. And yeah, that may not be. I don't know that I have a huge breadth of knowledge on, on traditional German. Um, but like I said, I, it's not bad. Um, but I'm not a huge, you know, the, the whole esters, the banana part of it. I'm just not a big banana guy anyways. Um, like I probably haven't eaten a banana in 30 years. So, <laughs> you know, anything. I'm going to just send you a pallet full of isolamyl acetate. Yeah, anything that's adjacent to that. I'm, you can, I'm you probably... can make, you can make your, you can make your own, uh, homemade runs. Yeah, oh, no, God. I'll, I'll pass. No. I'll, I'll pass. Thanks. <laughs> do they still make um, runs? I think they do. I mean, like when I when I say that 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 compound that is that ester as a result of the yeast, the heffy yeast, is the exact same compound they use to flavor banana candy like runs. Yeah, but it's you know it does give me some of the same characteristics. Um. From a mouthfeel and and finish and stuff as like a Saison Dupont does. Sure. Um, you know, so like I said, I and I really love Saison Dupont, you know, so um you know it's it's definitely not awful. Like I'm I'm like, nah, this is sucks and I'll never drink it again. Um but it's just just enough of that flavor that that's kind of meh for me. Well, good. I, 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 that's, that's why it's my beer this summer, not yours. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. And and it's a good beer of the summer. I mean, I can totally see the reasoning and the thought process behind this being a great summer beer, right? If if um, I brought over a six pack after you got done mowing the lawn for you and I to split, I guarantee I would, you would have more than one. I would. I, I'm sure I would. Yeah. Um, cause in part you can always add one or two beers if you're sitting around with good company <laughs> to whatever you would drink. If you were by yourself, add another beer or two, if you have good company, yeah. um, you know, so if it's something you could only drink one of, you might drink three if you have somebody with you, you know, you know what I mean? There's the, the, I don't want to call what kind of multiplication that is, but, um, it's definitely a real thing. Don't question me about it. <laughs> um what uh what about your summer plans tim besides uh, uh i'm guessing some backpacking yeah there yeah well i'm gonna do some backpacking uh this weekend uh and i'm kind of scouting out locations to take my daughter on her first backpacking trip because uh we do a lot of car camping and we're gonna do some car camping probably over fellas the weekend with uh, a friend of mine and, and, and his kids, um, 
just to be able to get out. But she's never actually gone on a full, like, we're on a hike. You're putting a backpack on your back. You're, you're carrying your, your your sleeping pad and your, and your, in your sleeping bag in your backpack. I've also never done that, by the way. Um, you say that like everybody does that. No, I'm just saying that <laughs> she hasn't. She's never done that like the yeah. rest of America has. Uh, but... <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're actually gonna try to get out on on a couple of backpacking trips and and get out. My my long term goal is to get her up to the Boundary Waters and get her up to the Superior Hiking Trail. And some of those those are a little bit more advanced uh, than I want to take a seven year old on. So I'm trying to ease her into to some of those things. So uh, excited to get out a lot and do that, and uh, also just get up north and and. Uh, I uh, hit up the cabin, hit up the lake, do a little fishing, things like that. I don't have any broad plans other than I hope to make it back out to San Diego again with with uh, my poker friends and uh, do another San Diego trip and maybe see Anya and, and, and uh, have a good time out there. Right on. So let's circle back to the, the whole concept of selecting our, our beers of summer. Uh, and Tim, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Is this sure. your personal official beer of summer? Uh, this is my beer of this summer because Correct. I, I 2022. am. 2022. For 2022, I'm going to say that this one is. I love Hefeweizen, and this is a Hefeweizen that I have not spent enough intimate time with until recently. And uh, I... The style of Hefeweizen is my beer of the summer, and I think this is a return to a classic. I think 2022 is a return to classics. I think that's a a good choice. I, I like it. JT, is Stiegel Rattler your official 2022 beer of summer? No, it's not, but it's the only one we can all get. Uh, my official <laughs> beer of the summer uh, is, is a local brewery here, 515 Brewing. Uh, it's called Bad Bad Leroy Bruin. Uh, it is my favorite beer, and we are trying to figure out a way to get the owner of 515 on the podcast and to find a way to get you guys a sample of said beer. So the problem is <clears throat> it pours terribly to just get into a glass, so I don't know how we're going to get it in the... Uh, another vessel to get you know to you guys but yeah it's just a fantastic beer and oh my god it's so good it's a kolsch uh that they brewed that they fermented in um like wine and i can't remember out barrels but it's just fantastic so it's one of my favorite beers of all time but other than that i'd say official beer summer i don't know if i really have one but i'd say maybe but light orange i like a lot but you have one you just said it it, yeah, it can be so your good. official beer of summer, okay. even if we can't get it. That's okay. Yeah. It's it's if, just freaking delicious. If if people who are listening to this pod, all twelve of you, <laughs> are in Des Moines, Iowa, five one five Brewing, bad bad yep. Leroy Brewing. Oh, it's so good. So according to JT, yeah. is it is it better than Oreo Speedwagon? Yes. Which was your favorite beer when we started this podcast. Yeah, but my, yeah, that's changed from now. But yeah, no, it's it's def, it's art it's definitely top ten beers of all time, probably top five. Okay. Well, there you mm-hmm. have it. JT says it's a top five all time beer, and he's our resident beer nerd, so take that for what it's worth, I guess. <laughs> all right. 
Uh, Aaron, same question for you. Um, so no, Liney's Summer Shandy is not going to be my official beer of summer. Um, had I not had this particular beer that I'm going to have as my beer of summer very recently on the pod, Summer Shandy probably would have been it because the nostalgia and all that would have been great. But I'm really still kind of hung up on sunny little thing that we did a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, citrus wheat ale from Sierra Nevada. Uh, Anya literally just drink checked that seven minutes ago on Twitter. <laughs> really? See? So <laughs> it's a, a, that was a really good beer. Um, I really enjoyed that beer. Um, All so within the same vein of what we drank tonight. Cause that's yeah, a citrus right? wheat. The yeah, sweet, so, that's a really good beer. I've got a six right? pack in my fridge right now. So, I mean, yeah. uh, it, it's not a, a huge variance of what we've talked about here. Uh, and like I said, the, the summer shandy, great. Love it. Um, but uh, I've also got, you know, the Sam Adams citrus wheat in my fridge. I'm revisiting that, um, which was, should be similar to the sunny little thing, I would guess. Um, but won't be exactly the same. Um but in, I'm I'm spending a lot of time in that vein this summer, you know those those styles, that type of stuff. Um, but the official one, sunny little thing. Sunny little things, yeah, that's a really good beer. That's that's my official 2022. So last year we we collectively made Dominguez Sour, the beer of summer, uh, for the podcast. This year we've all selected our own. Um, we invite y'all out there, the listening public, public uh, to, uh, tag us on social media, Twitter. Um, Tim and I are, you know, both joint running the bitter units count and, uh, you know, Hey, let us know what your beer of summer is. Um, you know, hashtag beer of summer. So. Let's uh, let's see those beers of summer, people. Um, when you listen to this episode, let us know what your personal beer of 2022 will be. Um, we want we want to know because there's a good chance that we're all going to have something different, um, and that you're probably going to drink something that you're going to tell us or to show us that maybe we haven't had um, that will cause us to seek it out, and that's what we're trying to do for you. Um, you know, with this podcast is, is just get you introduced to some beers that maybe you haven't had or haven't thought of. And, um, that's all we've been trying to do since we started this thing is to kind of educate people in a ridiculous and fun way, uh, emphasis on the ridiculous when you're talking about me. Um, so I think with that guys, do you have anything else you want to say before we get out of here? I'm good. I'm getting uh, a lot of blank stares and, yeah. and head shakes of no. So it's been a uh, very long week at work, very long two weeks at work. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, with that, this has been another episode of Bitter Units. Um, remember to check out the tailgatesociety.com and reveltondistilling.com. Um, that's our title sponsor for Tailgate Society and tailgatesociety.com. 
uh, for all the writing and podcasts and everything. Please do rate, review, subscribe. Hit us up on Twitter. We're at Bitter Units. Um, and uh, hey, go out, have a <clears throat> beer, enjoy the summer. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Oh, God.